Hi, I'm Dr. Deborah Campbell, and welcome to the Couch Podcast. Each episode, we talk about building self knowledge, increasing mental health, and inner strength. And I answer questions about dealing with life's challenges. And in upcoming episodes, I'll be interviewing some really interesting guests about their lives and how they live them well. If you have a question you'd like to ask, you can email it to me via the link in the show notes. This episode's question is of vital importance. I'm soon going to be teaching a new series of mindfulness meditation workshops. And I'm getting some really good questions coming in about everyday practical whys and hows of meditation and about just staying present to life and relationships when there's so much temptation all the time to be distracted and to slip into having attention half on one thing and half on another. Especially in a, a world where we love our technology and it contributes so positively to so many areas of life. But there is this drag always to kind of have one foot in cyber world or in the interwebs and the other foot in real life, nature, real relationships and the everyday, which can sometimes seem a little mundane compared to the magic boxes of the phone, the computer, the iPad, etc. So on that topic, here's a question everyone will likely relate to from Caroline. She writes, Hi, Dr. Deb. This might be one for the podcast. I'm looking for strategies to build instant calm and peace and bring presence back. I'm sick of having a busy mind that gets stressed so easily and I would like to feel more connected with the present moment and with my kids, my husband and with myself. So thanks, Caroline. Let's talk about this. Because I think people are seeing that in this increasingly distracted age, because we have so many things around us that can take our attention compared to how things were 10, 20, 30 years ago, um, those fantastic aspects aside, it is harder than ever it has been. Probably in the history of of humans to stay emotionally and mentally present and fully attending to one thing in daily life at a time. And sometimes the everyday is mundane. That's just the nature of it. So the temptation, the desire to pull away into the magic boxes uh, can be really very strong. And can be okay most of the time, but can cause us, by not being fully present, to take on a host of evolutionary wise new problems for us as humans. People around us can feel unloved and less cared about if we're in very distracted habits. We can feel kind of addicted to the immediate reward for our pleasure centers in our brain of checking social media, emails, messages to find that we are, are getting some attention or some interaction from somewhere not immediately uh, present to us. And that can feel sort of more exciting and rewarding in the moment, 
than those people around us. We've all had those moments guiltily paying more attention to people who weren't there, I'm sure, than the people who are in the room and, uh, and finding it hard to drag ourselves away from that because of that, uh, that, that kind of rewarding feeling that comes from um, seeing another message pop up. Addiction of any kind, habituation to something that's not as healthful as it could be is dangerous to our mental health. Not being able to be in the present is unhelpful to our mental health. And our productivity can also suffer from split concentration. Research has shown that we're actually not as good at doing more than one thing at once as we think we are. We tend to do everything poorly, uh, even though we might think we're managing well. Our brains are a lot more suited to focusing on one thing done well at a time. In addition, we can easily slip into zombie-like scrolling and have that distracted, irritable state of mind where we're not here, but we're not really there either. We're in some kind of purgatory with our attention where we're, we're not with what's important, but we're not fully enjoying our, uh, our leisure or our fun thing either because uh, there's guilt associated with it, with pulling out of the present and because sometimes the stuff we end up scrolling through is actually not that pleasurable. We're just habituated to doing it. Half present here, half present there. So we've kind of defined the problem and you don't even need to be into tech, I should say, you know, to struggle with remaining emotionally on and present in relationships. You know, this is an issue that did exist before we had all this beautiful, tempting technology to disappear into. All that stuff has just made it a bit easier and a bit more attractive to slip out of the present moment. It's just created more that competes for our attention all the time. But this was always a problem of human existence because we're constantly searching to feel good and to uh, escape from feeling, feeling suffering or feeling bad. And sometimes we can forget to just be with what is in this constant grasping that we should be better, things should be better, we need to feel better. We're busy we're in demand, we want to do it all, we want to have it all, we want to do it well, we're full of desire. So how do we stay happy and present in life and relationships when this is human nature to search, to reach, to feel dissatisfied? The first step is always is awareness, is knowing about this stuff and knowing about it not just as an intellectual concept by talking about it like this, but to know about it by exploring it inside ourselves in a very personal way of, of how it is for us. Um, the, the easiest and best way to do that is to just become present to your self-talk. Now, I know the idea of meditating for long periods can be incredibly unattractive and 
undesirable to so many people. So that's okay. Don't even go there. You know, don't don't get worried that that's what you have to do. It's much easier and uh, quicker, for want of a better word, to become highly aware of our self-talk. We can do it in any instant we choose to become aware of the thoughts that are in our minds and how many there are and how dense and how fast and hard they're constantly coming across us and how they don't define us and we don't have to follow through with every single one and explore it in depth and do what it says or buy it and believe in it wholesale. We can just see it all and go, yeah, whatever. I think I'll take what's most useful, helpful, supportive and self-compassionate and believe in those ones and give those strength and attention rather than just uh, letting everything swirl and letting myself be pulled unconsciously in every direction. All it takes is to become aware of your thoughts Then you can start to change the station, like a radio station, on the stuff that's really unhelpful to you, that's self-critical, that's telling you to grasp or leave the present or that here and now or you is not good enough. You can actually choose to just change the station on that and say, thanks, but, you know, I'm not buying it. Or you can even talk back to it if you prefer and start to really cultivate an alternative story and believe and and uh, listen more to those thoughts, attend to those thoughts that are self-compassionate, that are self-supportive, like, hey, you know, just be with what is, just have some fun right now, just do something with the kid because that matters more in the long term of our lives. The critical voice, the demanding voice, these can be old, familiar voices we hear as part of our thoughts, self-critical thoughts that don't get to be in charge if you say they don't. You can stop giving them your energy and focus by becoming aware that that's what you've unknowingly been doing or allowing to default back, default back when you're not concentrating. You can help your higher self, the part of you that watches the thoughts, the observer self, the compassionate sovereign of you, you can help that part of you to call the shots and not allow self-criticism to call the shots by just becoming aware that that's possible, that it's possible to decide how you respond to your inner world of your thoughts and feelings as well as the outer world around you can take more sovereignty over how you respond to everything and that that is about consciousness awareness of what's happening so that you can make other choices if you want as I said the best way to do this is to spend a few moments in quiet observation of your thoughts of yourself and just notice just notice because without that You haven't got the knowledge to make the different choices if you want to. Another thing to do to bring yourself into the present quickly and meaningfully so that it matters to you 
is to understand the price of being reactive rather than responding to other people, to your husband, to your partner, to your children, to to people around you. Understand that when you're reactive, when you're not conscious of the way that you're behaving because you're, you're half in one thing, half in another, you're not attending fully, you're not fully present, when you're just reacting, going through the motions in a kind of sleepy, switched off kind of state, then you might think you're getting away with it to an extent and no one's noticing. But they probably are, especially the people closest to you. Because I firmly believe that love is a form of attention. And if you are not giving your best attention to someone, then they're not feeling as fully loved by you as they could. And it can feel like a real pull to give our attention. It can feel like it's a really big deal to have to drag it off something else and give it. So it's important to have your priorities on what really matters for you. And if it is love and relationships that matter more to you than anything else, including your relationship with yourself and being happy with yourself and not not mean to yourself or or thinking you're, you're doing a lousy job with things, if it's these things that matter the most, then you've got to pull your attention into those kicking and screaming if necessary, because that's what means the most to you. That's your values. That's what's going to give you the greatest reward, even though it might be hard to drag yourself to those things uh, at first. The price of focusing on the small stuff can be too high. I hear plenty of regrets from people who come in to therapy who've spent a long time focused on gaining money or prestige at work or focusing on things that seemed so important at the time and uh, turned out in the long run to be nowhere near as important as connecting happily, having fun and creating greater strength in their relationships would have been. The price of being perfectionistic about the small stuff is sometimes just too high in the bigger picture. So it's important that that if you're overstressed, if you're splitting your attention, you're splitting your focus, you're overworked, you're hard on yourself or you're perfectionistic, these are things that in the long run, at the end of life, you're not going to thank yourself for. So you might as well start to shake them off and shake the attention into something that, uh, that means more to you. Keep rolling through your values and priorities consciously on a day-to-day basis. And if you find that you are filling your to-do list or your plans with stuff that that doesn't really feel like it's going to have a long-term return and reward to you in the things that are most valuable to you, and for most of that, that us, that is relationships and passions, then Maybe you don't want to be having these things on your to-do list or maybe you want to really drop them down to the bottom. Keep in mind how you want to remember family life in the bigger picture, how you want to be remembered personally by the people you leave behind across the long term of life and prioritise living that way. 
So that may mean letting the washing slip. That may mean working less hours on some things and more on connecting. That may mean finding ways to turn yourself back on to sex and connection in your relationship as a higher priority than doing some other things, you know. Moving on to a guide for how to, how to work out what your high, highest priorities are. Because I can hear some people saying, well, I don't really know my values. I don't really know where to focus. Sure, my family's important, but how do I really sort of put a structure around, around uh, living my values? Well, my guide to that is that in the everyday, you can identify the three great loves of life. They really are looking after yourself, being compassionate to yourself, because without that, it's really difficult to enjoy anything else. So finding ways to look after yourself, mainly in your self-talk. I don't mean having hot baths and things like that that make you feel nice. They last a small time and they're beautiful. But they're not the core of self-compassion and self-care. You know, a new face cream just doesn't cut it for long. This is about the way you talk to yourself in your head and the way you see your life in the bigger picture and live for your values. That self-compassion. The second great love of life, having mindful relationships, bringing presence to your relationships, knowing that they're the things that make life worth living. And it could be relationships with animals as well as people. All kinds of relationships. Could be your relationship with the sacred. It doesn't have to be a couple relationship. You don't have to have kids. But it is your relationships with those people or beings around you that are mindful, that are prioritized as meaningful to you. And the third great love, passions. Knowing what causes you a feeling of flow, and passion in your life and prioritizing some time to immerse yourself in that. And uh, with those three guiding you, then I think you keep your values right and everything else drops down the list from making sure that you are attending to those or at least one of those every day. Sometimes it might have to be a bit of a roster where uh, there's a lot of time on, on relationships one day and a lot of time on a personal passion the next. Can't do it all at once because they all need quality attention. So to keep life most satisfying, focus and reflect on what you're doing each day, each week in those three areas, self-care, relationships and personal passion. But keep it manageable. Keep it low stress. So that moves me on to the final thing I want to say, which when it comes to being present, staying present in, in the things that matter in life is so important. It's that you give yourself transition times with your attentional focus. We need time to shift our focus out of work mode into relationship mode, out of playing with kids mode into being a partner and moving into the erotic world. We put so much pressure on ourselves, particularly women, as often subtle beings who are very immersed in emotion, many of us. We put so much pressure on ourselves 
to chop and change quickly from one big role into another massive role. And sometimes we expect we should be able to just do that. Just go lover, mother, worker, lover, mother, worker, artist, whatever it might be. Seamlessly, perfectly, quickly, instantaneously. Subtle beings aren't necessarily built like that. It doesn't necessarily work. It takes some time. It takes conscious shifting and resettling of focus and attention into a new place, shifting the love over into a new area. Of course, it doesn't leave the other areas, but you place the focus into a different place at different times. We need to plan for that kind of focus and intimacy where possible, plan for giving our presence and allow transitions from one place to another in our lives. This involves awareness, it involves self-talk, and it involves self-compassion and being gentle and patient and asking for time as well as giving ourselves time. Thank you so much, Carolyn, for your question. And I hope this has given you some new ideas or some food for thought about staying present in relationships and daily life. And if you want to go deeper, on things about living how you want to live and feeling like the sovereign of your inner existence more every day, then grab a copy of my book Lovelands in bookstores, Amazon or Audible. Send in your questions. I'd be happy to go have a go at answering it. I'm Dr. Deborah Campbell and I'll see you next time on The Couch Podcast.